have your Bibles today, just keep them handy. We're going to approach this a little differently today. We're going to be talking about costly illusions. Costly illusions. Brother Everett, I want you to get me Psalms 40 and 31. Sister Sharon, Matthew twenty four thirteen. Sister Erica, Hebrews twelve and one. Sister Hutton, Psalms forty and one. Okay, I've got the scripture that I want though. I'm sorry, brother. Sorry about that. Give me. I want you to get First Peter. No, give me Hebrews ten twenty five. Amen. Now, we're talking today about costly illusions. First part of it is the world today is looking for quick. Everything quick. Everything to be quick. Everybody is in a hurry. I noticed this week a church that was advertising on the news of, or that the news was talking about them having drive-through prayer. They had that down here at this church down the road here some time back. I saw where they were having drive-through prayer. Church. We need to have a continual prayer life with God. But the question is, or or, or the situation is this. If you are having to go to a church and drive through their parking lot to have prayer, there's a problem. First of all, where's your church? If you don't have a church... You need a church. And if you do have a church, you need to be on the phone with some of them brothers and sisters in that church and get them praying with you and for you. Amen. Why is it that you would come and ask a total stranger that you know nothing about to pray for you? You got more problems than, than you know about if that's the situation. Amen. You need to be a part of a church. We are much more... See, people people don't understand the significance of a church. They don't understand the significance of a body of believers. Amen. There's strength in numbers. How many times have you ever came to a situation where you were going to do something, but you couldn't do it by yourself? You needed some help. How many times have you ever come to something you was going to try to pick up and lift, but you couldn't do it alone? I think everybody in this building has been been in that situation, hadn't you? Something was too heavy to do it by yourself. So you yoked up with somebody and got them over there to help you pick up what you were going to pick up. Now, it don't do no good if you go get somebody else and they're wanting to pick something else up. You're wanting to pick this up. Both of you need help, but both of you just worried about what you want to do. It takes two people putting their mind to the same job to get it accomplished. But nobody wants to take time anymore to do anything. They don't want to take time to cook. Why do that? Nuke it, baby. Just give me something I can throw in the microwave and, and nuke it right quick. We won't ever think quick. If we don't get our pizza in five minutes, we want it free. 
We want to, uh, uh, man, we want to go to a place that can have it, man, and we get mad when we're sitting in the drive-thru for more than 30 seconds. We're thinking, man, what's going on with this place? That's supposed to be a, a, a fast food restaurant. Everybody wants what they want, when they want it, right now. But God don't work like that. People want to live like hell. And then come say, uh, oh, God, listen, by the way, listen, could you drop me a hundred thou? I mean, could you drop me twenty grand, Lord? I mean, right now, be good. Or they get blown up. Oh, Lord, God. Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. Oh, God, Lord, God, help me, Jesus. Help me down, blow it up, God. But you know, God's question is, who are you? I don't recall seeing you in my house. I don't recall seeing you, uh, I, I don't recall hearing from you recently in prayer. We call and ask, we don't call and ask God for forgiveness or nothing for being a heathen, which we all are. We don't call and ask Him for forgiveness, or the world anyway, we do, but the world, don't call him asking for forgiveness. They don't come to his house to present themselves a living sacrifice for God. They don't come to present themselves at the altar with their face in the altar, amen, pouring their heart out before God. They don't come and thank him for all he's done for them. They don't, listen, all they want to do is come and, 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 and talk to God when what they've done is put them in a pinch. Then they want to come to the house of God. And they want their remedy right now. Many, many, many times. And that woman right there tell you. In, I've had a healing ministry for a long time. And in Tennessee, as I've told many of you before, we had so many people coming from all over the place. Getting healings. I mean... Just one right after another, man. God was just healing them right and left. And people would come, get their healing, and then never come back. I ain't telling how many times that happened. People don't want nothing to do with God. Only when they got to have something. But it don't work like that. The Bible said, go and sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon you. God will show Himself mighty. Yes, God will show Himself mighty. But He expects you to immediately turn from what you're doing and start following Him right then. The Bible said, the disciples that He chose, the Bible said that immediately they left they left everything they had behind and forsook all and followed Him. Amen. Miss Brianna, is that pronounced that right? I want to tell you right now, this walk is kind of strict. This walk is kind of different, but it lines up perfect with that Bible. But I'll tell you this much. It don't mean everything's going to always come up roses, but I'll tell you this much. You will never be forsaken by God as long as you follow Him, and you'll always have what you need. That don't mean you're going to drive a Ferrari. That don't mean you're going to live in a $5 million house. But it does mean that you'll always have food to eat, and you ain't going to have to beg to get it. Amen. The Bible, the Bible declares it, praise God, and the Bible can't lie. The Bible does not lie. Amen. The things you'll learn in this church will take you from here all the way to heaven if you follow what I teach, if you follow what this Bible declares right here. It's the Word of God that's going to get you home. Not me. It's the Word of God that's going to get you home. Amen. But it ain't something. It ain't no magic pill, neither. Now, look at society. Let me just give you a few examples. How many of you ever see the news? How many of you ever hear the news on the radio? You know what people want in this land? Let me tell you how what a spoilt bunch of spoilt people we are. Run. I mean run. Cholesterol. They want a pill for weight loss. 
They want instant riches, instant beauty. They want instant muscles, instant perfect health, instant salvation. I want my food right now. Nuke it. Give me a pill. Oh no, no. no I, I see. Uh, uh, I saw just yesterday or the day before. Uh, oh no, all these people on there. Well, my goodness. Now, man, I didn't have to stop a thing. I've lost sixty-five pounds, honey. Oh my, lost it eating ice cream. I didn't have to stop nothing. I was doing. Did not have to change a thing. Did not have to exercise. Dear God, thank you, Lord. Oh, didn't have to do nothing. I could lay on my fat butt, eat all I wanted to. She took me. I started eating ice cream with a shovel, honey. And I look at I've lost 65 pounds. Honey, you got cancer. You got cancer or you are two weeks from death. If you're eating all that garbage and losing weight, something is seriously wrong with you. You better find you a hospital quick. You know what? This, you know, how many of you consider Einstein to be a pretty smart fellow? He was a pretty smart fellow. I mean, even in the scientific community, they consider this guy to be a genius. Did you know what Einstein's uh, 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 idea, did you know what his interpretation of insanity was? He said the proper interpretation of insanity is somebody continued to do the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. That is insanity. That's insanity. Oh, I don't want to get fat no more. Lord God, I won't get, no, I don't want to get fat. I want to lose weight. I want to look slim and trim, honey. Oh yeah, well put that bucket of ice cream down and back away from it. Oh, I don't want to be addicted to crack cocaine no more. Well put the crack pipe down and back away from it. It's smoking's killing me. Put the cigarette down. Move away from it. No, but stop. Wait. If you're watching this commercial right now, you're a bigger idiot we thought you was. If you're still watching, you can get two of this junk. I mean, did I say that out loud? I mean, two of these fantastic things for free. Oh, except pay different separate shipping and processing. No, you too can eat like a stuck hog and look like a ferret. You too can eat 65 pounds of feed a day and only gain one ounce a year. You can eat like a hog, but take this pill right here. Well, unless that's a blindness pill or a stupid pill... It ain't going to help you much. And then you see the results of it, you know. It didn't work for me. Oh, my God, really? Something must be wrong with you. Because it worked for the people on the commercial. Why, they just showed a picture of her fatter than a hog over here. And look, she looked like an anorexic over here. Just because she took that pill. Oh, no, no, don't change what you're doing. No, no, don't don't change that 900 pounds a month of starch you're shoving down your face. No, 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 take this pill. That'll lower your cholesterol. If Let me tell you something, man. If you can do all that stuff you've been doing that's taking you to this place of unhealthiness and take a pill and change all that, you better look seriously into what that pill's got in it because your body ain't designed that way. If you could take a pill and all of a sudden, boom, you got muscles like Arnold Schwarzenegger used to get for through, I'm talking hours upon hours of thousands and thousands and thousands of hours of pumping Iron Man to get that, and you can take a pill and look like that, your heart is going to explode and kill you and all your neighbors too. I can't understand why he had a heart attack. Me neither. What could it have possibly been? My Lord. Nobody wants to change what they're doing. I want to be beautiful. 
I want to be beautiful. Get the knife. Get the knife, honey. Oh, it, my, my goodness, my goodness. Now, I see there, you must be 96 years old, but you look pretty good for 96, by the way. But now, you know, I can take them wrinkles off your face. Just put this stuff right here on your face. Take this little old bottle of cream for just one hundred ninety-nine ninety-five. But wait, wait. If you call in the next three minutes, I'll give it to you for just five easy payments of fifty-nine ninety-five. It's all yours. Now, you just rub a little bit of this on your face there. And then, boy, the next thing you know, then they show you this picture, all the wrinkles is gone. When really what they don't show you is uh, uh, there's a, behind the camera, there's a guy with a fence stretcher tied to the back of your head. <laughs> pulling all them wrinkles out of your face. Either that or you got or you got a guy over there with a trowel. In between commercials, he's troweling them cracks in with crack filler. Or they just take a, or they just take Photoshop and erase them things out of there when really, you know, you still look like a dried up prune you've always been. <laughs> Instead of a prune, now you look like a raisin. Amen, cause you took a fat pill. <laughs> now you've turned in from a prune to a raisin cause you took your skinny pill. And then you listen to the things, and they take it, give you this pill. It's going to be a miracle-working pill. Dear God, take you one of these. Buy one for your neighbors. Lord God, why? Even Sister Sharon can look young. I mean to tell you, Lord God, just come take your pill. Lord God, now take your pill, take your pill, and then take your pill, because that don't work. Take this and to take the facts. And then at the end of the commercial, there's a nine-page deal. Now, if you take this pill and your arms fall off, your legs fall off, your cheek swells up and blows up in your face, if you're, uh, if you take this pill and, and, and have nine heart attacks or, or your liver explodes, uh, may possibly cause cancer, could cause lymphoma, you could sudden death or suddenly die from this or whatever, and it's to, it's, it's to, it's to, it's to what they're promoting is a hangnail, uh, uh, something to cure hangnail. You know, oh, but you could die from this. It could kill. It could kill you. And cause your heart to explode, your liver to fall out, your feet to fall off. Your, uh, you know, I mean, all this stuff at the end of. Why would you take that mess? All I had was a headache. Now I got lymphoma. Man, my legs fell off. I gotta have my arms amputated. Dear God, all I had was air. Now, what, man? My teeth fell out. I can't eat nothing. I, I mean, now I'm on. Now I'm in intensive care on my way to hospice over a headache, and I paid you ten thousand dollars a bottle for them stupid pills you killed me with. I'm broke and dead. And they're sitting over counting their money on the beaches of Tahiti saying, I can't believe they fell for that. <laughs> Hope we don't get sued. How <laughs> they going to sue us? They'll be dead in a week. <laughs> That's what people are after, man. That's what people are after. Weight loss. Cholesterol pills. Riches. No, no, I don't want to work for it. Just give me the money. No, 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 I don't want to do all that. I ain't got time for all that. Oh, that's old school. Huh. Oh, you make money the old-fashioned way. You earn it. We don't do that. We steal it. <laughs> I mean, man, come on, give me the money. Just give me the money. Give me some kind of way to sue somebody. Give me a way to sue somebody so I can get me some money. No, I don't want to climb up that way. You know what? They don't nobody want to climb up this way either. But the Bible says, I am the door to the sheepfold. He said, any man that climbeth up any other way, the same as a thief and a robber. I don't care how many people declare you are the church. If you hadn't been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ specifically, honey, you ain't the church. You are not the bride and you are not the church. You don't get in the church to become the bride. You get in them waters of baptism to become the bride, and that makes you the church. Until you are baptized in Jesus' name, you are not the church. You may be part of a community or a body, but you are not part of the body of Christ until you take on His name. It's that serious, folks. Amen. Praise God. And Miss Brianna, I know you were wanting to be baptized, and I want to baptize you in Jesus' name very soon. But it's so important. This is so serious. 
that I, I never will baptize somebody without a chance to teach them first and help them to understand. See it in the Bible. I want you to see it yourself. Understand it and know it and, and where nobody can steal that from you no more. Once I show it to you and you see it, you'll know it. You'll always have it. You'll never, ever settle for anything less than that. You'll know it. And there's no, there ain't nobody going to be able to come and say, oh, I'm Dr. So-and-so. And, oh, that's wrong. And that's not right. And you're going to say, hey, I don't care how many doctor's degrees you got, buddy. Here it is in the Word of God. And the Bible says that God be true and every man a liar. I don't care how many pieces of paper you got. I got the only paper that matters. It's called the Bible. Praise God. This was written by the Holy Ghost right here. And that's all I need. Amen. So that's what I want. Praise God. So glad to have you here and just so, so thankful to see you and so good to meet you. And we look forward to having a long lasting relationship with you. Amen. Just so glad you're here, sister. Praise God. But anyway, so, but listen, this is not a quick fix, folks. And I try to tell people that. They don't want to do with God till they're broke or till they're or till they're desperate or destitute or till they're man until they're on their last breath or and even on even at that even at that it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. I, I, I've had several people and I've told y'all many times I've had several people laying on their deathbed and you tell them if God heals you, knowing I could heal them right then, knowing that God had a healing for them, if I if I lay hands on you and heal you, will you serve God for the rest of your life? I had a guy in intensive care with tubes down his throat, all up in his nose, and he was on his deathbed. They were going to pull the they were going to pull the life support off of him. And I asked this man, I was there to heal him. I didn't even know the man. They didn't go to our church, but Sister Sandra's sister did go to our church, and she asked me to go pray for this man. I never met this family before, but I went up there to the hospital, and I I, I asked the man. I said. He's, he was conscious. He was looking up, you know, and I said, his lungs had failed, his liver had quit, his kidneys were not working, nothing. I mean, they pulled him off. He was going to die. And they wanted to pull the plug on him because he didn't have the money to keep paying for life support and all that. He'd been in there for a long time. And I, and I asked him, I said, I moved everybody back away from the bed, and I said, I said, sir, I don't know you. I said, well, let me ask you a question now. I said, if God heals you, if he raises you up from here and heals you, Will you serve God for the rest of your life? Will you get in church and serve Him for the rest of your life? And you know what that man did? He put his hand up and went like this. He was telling me, Yeah, I don't know, you know, I don't know. Here's a man laying on his deathbed. And I said, If God heals you and raises you up from here, will you serve Him for the rest of your life? Yeah. I just backed away from it and I walked out in the hallway. And I, I can only imagine that the people that were standing around the hospital bed were sitting there going, oh, my God, I can't believe he did that, you know. I walked back outside and prayed for him. And I walked out in the hallway and I said, Lord, I said, uh, what do you want me to do here, Lord, you know. Lord said, just give it a minute. So I waited a minute out in the hall. I walked back in the room again. And I asked him again, I said, sir, I said, I'm going to ask you one more time. If God heals you and raises you up from here, will you serve him for the rest of your life? And he looked at me in the eyes and he went, yeah. I said, you will, you sure? He said, mm. I said, okay. So I reached in my pocket. And I pulled out some oil out of the horn of oil on the side of my pulpit. I anointed him in the name of the Lord with oil right there. I prayed for him. And then I told him in front of everybody standing around that bed, I said, in three days you're going to come up out of this hospital. You're going home. In three days you're coming out of here. You're going home. And I said, you're going to be healed. You're going to be clear. I said, but now... Don't forget to pay your vow. Don't forget. Don't forget your commitment. He shook his head. And I left. So last I said. Three days later, that they well, that day, they pulled the life support off. He got up. Doctors were freaking out. They just couldn't believe it. They took him, ran every test for the next two days that they could run. He was perfect. 
Wasn't nothing wrong with his liver, nothing wrong with his lungs, wasn't nothing wrong with nothing. This man was perfectly healed, perfectly well, perfectly well, perfect bill of health. Went home. Three days later, they were through with all their testing. We don't know what's going on with it, but, you know, you're, 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 you're good to go. He left, went home. A week later, I called up. Of course, they called me. Oh, oh Pastor, he's like, man, this man just left. He just went home. I mean, I said, well, I told him he was going. I said, tell him don't forget to pay his vow. A week later, I called, and I, I asked that sister, Sister Linda, I said, is he in church? Has he paid his vow? She said, no, Pastor, I don't think he is. I said, tell that man to pay his vow. A week went by. I didn't see him in our church. I called again. I said, is that man in church? Has he paid his vow? Is he paying his vow? She said, no, Pastor, I don't think he has. You know. The next week, three weeks went by, the third week, the Lord spoke to me and he said, you call that man, you call, you call and you send word. If he doesn't get in church and pay his vow, I'm going to kill him. I picked up the phone. I called Sister Linda. I said, is this man in church? She said, no, Pastor, he's not, but he just went to the hospital again today, and he's in perfect health. He's completely healthy, not one thing wrong with this man. I said, you tell that man if he don't get in church, God's going to kill him. She said, Pastor, he's in perfect health. He's in perfect health. There's nothing. They couldn't find anything wrong with this man. I said, okay. The very next morning... The very next morning, it was morning when I talked to her then. The very next morning, I got a phone call. He got up, was walking across his kitchen floor, dropped dead just like that. Boom, right there, dropped dead in his kitchen floor. Let me tell you, God, God is able to do anything but go against His Word. This world is looking for a quick fix. There ain't no quick fix, folks. He's looking for some good men and women to be soldiers in this army. This is a fight we're in. This ain't no cakewalk like the world makes it out to be. The church is a military. We are not just a bunch of people tiptoeing and skippity doo it into heaven like this world would have you believe. God did it all at Calvary and His grace and this and mercy and all that. Let me tell you something. The Bible says uh, that we are called, 2 Timothy, second, hunt me down 2 Timothy, Miss Brianna, hunt me down 2 Timothy 2 and 4. It's toward the back of the book. Brother, help her find it there. 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy toward the back of the book there. No, it's earlier than that. Yep. Right there. Okay, is that first or second? Go to 2 Timothy. See, that's 1 Timothy. It's next. 2 Timothy. Okay, there's 2 Timothy. Now go to chapter 2 and go to verse 4, sister. What you got there? What does it say? Read that for me. Warreth, entangleth. Okay, now listen carefully to what it's saying there. Listen carefully. Don't just read it, but listen to what it's saying. No man that warreth entangleth himself in the affairs of this life. In other words, any man that's going to battle don't get tied up with all the affairs going on around him because he's going into battle. Okay, but listen, what does it say next? Chosen him. Mm -hmm. That's all right. Okay, he don't get entangled with the affairs of this life that he may please him who has chosen him to be a what? A soldier. That's what we're chosen for. Many called, few are chosen. We're chosen to be soldiers in the army of the Lord. We are soldiers. We're in a war. We're in a fight, man, for souls. The devil and and, and, and the Lord, there's a fight for souls here. And we are 
ambassadors for the Lord. We are soldiers in the army of the Lord, and we are in this fight. When you really truly yoke up with Jesus, you're in a war, man. Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Therefore, there's laid up a crown for me. See? Paul declared, I fought a good fight. It's a fight. As long as you're in this walk, honey, there's going to be some fighting going on. Oh, yeah, you're going to fight that devil every time you turn around. What I went through Friday was a fight with the devil. That Man, that was a, that was a fight thrown in my face. No, I didn't deserve it. But you know what? It don't matter whether I deserved it or not. Amen. Because the Bible says in Romans 8, 28, Therefore we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God and those who are called according to His purpose. I don't know how good's going to come out of that, but it's going to come out of it because I love God and I am called according to His purpose. And it don't matter what the devil throws at me, it's going to turn to the good because God said so. Amen. And I don't know how it's going to do it. It may not... It may not mean that it's going to come to the good that I'm going to get the money, but it's going to bring God glory some way. It's going to turn to God's good. Amen. And so, praise God, who knows how He's going to do it. But God's going to get Himself glory from it. Amen. But listen, there is nothing easy in war. There ain't nothing easy in a battle. It's tough stuff, man. And this is tough stuff. Don't listen to all that garbage they've been telling you out there about, oh, I just love Jesus, and oh, I just, oh, it's just, uh, okay. Uh, why do birds suddenly appear? I mean, you just want to, like some little love song, and oh, yeah, uh, all these songs about grace and mercy and, and peace and love and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know what? That's all fine, well, and good, but tell the people the real truth. Tell the people, man, no, it's on. When you go down in the name of Jesus, it's on, buddy. You better know you're a target. And you you try, I'm going to tell you what. You try walking and kicking a sleeping bulldog. Just walk up and kick one. What's going to happen? That's right. And you know what happens when you go down in the name of Jesus Christ? Buddy, you've walked up and kicked the sleeping bulldogs, which you've done. You've, you woke the devil up then. You just thought you had problems with that devil. You get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, buddy, you become a threat then. Then you're a threat to him. That's when things start turning up, don't they, brother? That's when problems start arising, don't they, brother? Amen. But see, I'm not like one of those TV preachers or one of those preachers that, that's after your money. I ain't after your money. Amen. I can tell you the truth, and, and I ain't got to worry about whether you put money in a ties or all, because that's up to you, and that's between you and God anyway. Yeah, or fire me. You sure ain't going to fire me, because I don't work for you. I work for Jesus. I ain't got to worry about the church firing me. <laughs> Amen. Because uh, I don't work for you. I work for Jesus. Amen. And so I don't have all that. I'm pray I praise God for that, because I ain't got to worry about all that. I don't have to hide behind all that. Amen. I feel sorry for them people out there, man. I mean, that's gotta be a, that's gotta be a stringent thing, man. Guys worrying about, oh man, I hope this don't make Bill mad, cause that gum, he's getting, getting raised pretty soon, man. Oh man, oh I hope this don't make him, uh, uh, devil kissing homosexuals mad. My goodness, I hope Bill and Larry ain't, don't get mad at me when I start preaching about them not being able to kiss in public and, oh, you know, oh my goodness, I hope this don't upset them lesbians, you know. You know what? Lesbians, stop that crap. Gay men, stop that crap. That's against nature? Yes, it is. It always has been, always will be. It'll put you in hell back in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, and buddy, it'll put you in hell the day Jesus comes back. And that's a fact, and there ain't no way to slice it. There ain't no other way to say it. It's an, it's an abomination before God. It always has been, and it always will be. Period. I don't care how much the world accepts it. God don't accept it, and the Bible don't accept it, and it never will. You can rewrite it any kind of way you want to. But except they repent and turn from that mess, they ain't going to make it. I don't care how much of the world flows with that mess or whatever they do. I don't care how much of the world uh, 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 is okay with it or not. 
The Word of God ain't. The Bible explicitly tells you, Old Testament and New Testament, many scriptures, tells you that that's an abomination. And they ain't going to make it, except they repent, turn from that. Now, so people are living under an illusion that just by taking a pill, they can lower their cholesterol and keep it down, and they can do anything they want to. And, and weight loss, no, you don't have to stop eating anything. You just eat what you want, take this pill. Uh, no, no, you can get rich. Just uh, just uh, will yourself to be rich. Just power positive thinking. Yeah, and uh, beauty, oh, my goodness, man, just ask, uh, uh, just ask what's that woman just died? Dear God, she had so many facelifts, they had enough skin somewhere to make two or three more women. They had just enough skin off her face to make three or four people. Huh? What's her name? Oh, yeah, Joan Rivers. It would have had to been, yeah, because, I mean, how could she have any face left, man? Her face was so thin. There weren't no seven layers of skin left there, buddy. She was stretched so tight. You know, there's people, and I was, uh, somebody, oh, oh, I was just talking to a guy recently on a project, and he, he was a good buddy with, uh, with, uh, 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 Mickey Gilly. And he said he's got a, once a year he's scheduled, he goes in for a scheduled routine facelift. Uh, once a year. Well, you know, why? Why? I mean, look, dude, who you fooling? I mean, if you got your face looks 20, but your body's 97, what good is that? I mean, what good is that? If if your body is having a hard time carrying around that 20-year-old head you got, you ain't fooling nobody anyway. Then you look like a 20-year-old with Parkinson's disease. <laughs> I mean, your head says 20, your body says, you go ahead. I ain't going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you didn't give me no lift. Let that head get on, walk on out on its own. Because it looks mighty good, but uh, we're dying in here. <laughs> yeah, you ain't fooling nobody. We get old. It's just part of it. But all this nonsense you hear, do you believe it? Sister Tara, now, I've known, I've known you to be on four or five different diets since I met you. And we're going to have a burial service later today for Brother Edward. <laughs> oh, there we go. Okay, he might have a moment's reprieve there with a little pat on the leg. <laughs> but you know what? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I've tried several of them too, sister. Welcome to the club. Amen. We uh, Listen, you know, it's a wonderful thing to sit there and, and convince yourself that, my God, oh, this is it, man. Oh, I finally found one that's going to work for me. Oh, hot dog. Bring me the ice cream in one of them pills. Huh? Well, sure there is. I'm sure there's lots of them you need ice cream on. The ice cream diet, yeah. My goodness. Sorbet diet. Man, I thought my wife's gonna burn a truck motor up trying to get down there and get some sorbet the other day. They didn't have none. It's amazing how that works. She went down there. Oh yeah, they had you know except the ones she wanted, the orange stuff that burn orange. Yeah, can't imagine it. <laughs> but anyway, nevertheless, you know, you realized after a while, this ain't working. This ain't working. I started losing weight, now I gained 12 more pounds. This ain't working. Yeah, and, and you know, and, 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 but, but no, no, whatever you do, don't stop eating. I mean, dear God, what would you do something stupid like that for? Oh, God, now, man, now, don't talk crazy. Don't talk crazy. Come on, don't talk crazy. What do you mean stop eating? Lord, God, I'm going to do that. I just want to lose weight. I don't want to stop doing nothing. No. 
yeah, I want to have sex with everybody I meet, but I don't want to have AIDS. What's all that? Oh, no, I don't want to have all that stuff like that. Now, man, don't talk like that. Man, <laughs> people don't want no commitments. They don't want to do anything. It takes time. Everybody wants it right now, just like that. Fix me right now, Lord. That's it. Just fix me. Fix me right now. Okay, give me some scriptures. Who's got them scriptures? Galatians 6 and 9. Who's got that? Okay. Come on with it. Amen. Give me Isaiah 40.31. What was I thinking? Psalms 40. Isaiah 40.31. Lord, one of the scriptures I've known for years and years and years. Man, I'm telling you. I thought I'd lost my mind for a minute. They that wait upon the Lord. They shall renew their strength. Mount up with wings as eagles. And not be weary. Walk and not faint. Amen. See that? They that wait upon the Lord. Nothing about fast there. What scripture did I give you, brother? I didn't give you one? Come on, sister. Come on with it. Come on with it. Okay. There ain't no quick fix. You're saved. The Bible says, He that shall what? Endure. Now, now, sister... You may not be a rocket scientist. See, notice I'm picking on you a lot today. Just get used to that. It gets worse, yeah. Now listen. Okay, so now I'm not a rocket scientist, are you? You're somewhat of a rocket scientist? Uh-oh, I'm in trouble now. Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Hold on. Just give me a second. Now, you know you heard the word there, that that scripture she just read. He that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. That's what the Bible says. Of course, the world teaches that, oh, well, no, you hear people say all the time, oh, no, I was saved when I was nine. And they're like 70 years old. Oh, no, I was saved when I was nine. They don't go to church. They live with every, uh, every whore come up down the street. They, they live like hell, drink, smoke, dope, and whatever they want to do. I mean, just whatever. They live like they want to. But they were saved when they was 12. And they think they're going to make heaven. But the Bible says, He that endure shall endure unto the end. The same shall be saved. Now, that word endure right there, what's your take on that? What does that word say in there? He that shall endure unto the end. You know what that word endure? Now, endure means it's it's something you're going to have to press through. It's something you're going to have to put up with. It's something you're going to have to hang in there with. It's endurance. I mean, when you run an endurance race, it ain't a race from here to the end of the parking lot. If it's an endurance race, that word endurance right there tells you that it's going to get rough. You're going to have to endure it. You're going to have to withstand it. You're going to have to hold on, man, until you get to the end. That's why it's called an endurance race. It's to see how much you can endure. You see what I mean? And so just the word endure, he that shall endure to the end, ought to let you know this ain't no picnic. This ain't no cakewalk. It's going to get rough. And, yes, it will get rough. Yes, there's going to be times that you're going to want to throw down your sword and quit. Yes, there are going to be times when you're going to consider, man, why am I doing this? Yes, there's times when you're going to feel like you're about to fall out. But that's where the endure to the end comes to play. You're going to have to endure it and hang on and hold fast. Amen. Praise God. Now, all right. Galatians uh, 6 and 9, did I, somebody have that? The Bible says, be ye not weary in well-doing. In other words, don't get weary doing good. Be ye not weary in well-doing. For in due season you shall reap if, everybody say if, yes. ye faint not. 
If you faint not. See that? You're going to have to endure. Then you will receive the reward. Hebrews 12.1, go. So easily beset us, yes. Okay, let us run with what? Patience. Patience. There also speaks of an endurance race. Let us run this race with patience. Why patience? Because it's going to be a while. That's why. And because you're going to have to have patience. Because somebody may not pay you one day. And you're going to have to have patience. Amen. All kind of things. Okay. Go with me to 1 Peter 2. 1 Peter 2. For those of you that are looking for it there, it's just past 1 Peter 1. Did that help? It's in the back. Very good, and I, I suppose it's past Genesis. Yes, it's between those two, isn't it? Okay, First Peter, got it in the back of the book. First Peter, chapter two, verse nineteen. Listen carefully to this: for this is thankworthy, if a man for conscience toward God endure grief. Suffering wrongfully. This is one of the scriptures the Lord gave me. Let me read that again. This is thankworthy. Now this what I'm fixing to say, he's declaring, is thankworthy. It's worthy of thanks. If a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. In other words, if my thoughts toward God are in proper position, and I want to please Him, then God will look upon me favorably, favorably if I follow what this said. If I suffer wrongfully, but I endure the grief that comes from it. In other words, instead of flying off a handle at the people that just did me like they did me, that's suffering grief, because it's very grievous to, grievous to have to deal with that. But if I, if I endure that, and don't blow them up, but I endure it, even though I've suffered wrongly. Well, it ain't the first time I've suffered wrongly, I can assure you. I've had people talk about me like a dog come against me. Man, didn't have not one reason in the world to come against me, but they did it. But he said, then going further, For what glory is it if when ye be buffeted for your faults, ye shall take it patiently? He said, man, what glory is it if, if you get a whipping for something you did wrong? He said, what glory is that? He said, but if when ye do well and suffer for it, ye take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. It ain't the getting a whooping because you just did something wrong that's, and you endure that. Well, you should endure it because you did something wrong. You had the whooping coming and you should endure that. That's just a given. But when you get a whipping, for something you you didn't do, let me tell you, uh, uh, and I've told some of you before, but my sister one time when we were little bitty, I was about that big. She was half grown at that time, it seemed like. She was, she was two years older than me, but she was back grown when she was 12 years old. She was grown, but I was a little bitty fella. She got a piano, and she took lipstick and wrote all over the keys to that piano. Well, my mother saved to buy her that $1,000 Kimball, and I'm talking back in the 60s, man. Mid-60s, she bought her $1,000 Kimball piano, brand new. Well, I didn't know what Mama was saying when she come out there and her skull was split and fire was shooting out of her head. I didn't know what she meant when she said, 
loud. Heard her scream all the way out in the yard. I was out there playing, having a big time. Linda was out there with me, you know. I heard my mama scream. Looked sound like somebody cut her foot off with an axe or something. Ah! And here she come, man, flying out that front door. And she, I'm going to kill me some kids. And I was like, what? I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, I didn't know Linda wrote on them keys with a lipstick. And I said, what, a, what, are you, what, what? She said, I'm going to kill me some kids. And I said, what do you, what, uh, what, why, what, what do we do? She said, who wrote on them keys with lipstick all over them piano keys? I said, what? She said, I want to know who wrote on them piano keys right now. Now, my mama was ready to kill somebody. You'd have to know my mama. Those of you that never met her, she, uh, could you imagine it? Because you did know her, see. But now, Mama died a couple years ago now, but she met her. She know, hey, you didn't mess with Mama. Mama would break bad on you real quick. She was almost full-blooded Indian son. She'd turn into a Comanche war chief right quick. She'd be looking for somebody to scout. Man, her head, she, I mean, she'd turn red as an apple, and her eyebrows would start going up and down. You know, right then, that was the war call. You was on the way, you was on the way out. Send your soul to Jesus, cause you're behind blowing to mama. And I'm standing out there innocent, and I'm thinking, I, 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 I said, mama, I don't, I don't even, what's lipstick? I'm like, mama, I didn't, I don't know what, I didn't do nothing. I mean, I don't, I don't even go near that sissy thing. You know, I, I wish to God I'd have took piano lessons. She tried to offer them to me, but I thought it was a sissy instrument and I didn't want nothing to do with it. Oh dear God, I'd love to have took, I'd have been, I'd have made Liberace feel, feel bad by now. But, but I, I said, I didn't do it, mama. I didn't do it. I didn't. And my sister said, who are you going to believe, mom? Me or him? I mean, I, who would, I would not do such a thing, mother. Now, you know he's a liar. She, and here I am listening to this, knowing I didn't do it. And, and she says, well, I'll tell you what you're going to do. You're going to go back there to my bedroom. She pulled us in there and she said, you're going to decide who did it or both of you's getting a whipping. So I said, okay. So I'm, I go back to the back room and I walk in there. We close the bedroom door and I said, Linda, you know I didn't do that. What's wrong with you? And she says, Yes, I know. She says, but Travis, she said, you're a big, strong he-man. And she said, boys are made of hammers and nails and puppy dog tails. And y'all are so tough and manly. And why, man, a big, strong man like you, big, strong fellow like you, why, you could take that whooping and, man, you wouldn't even cry. I mean, as tough as you are, you wouldn't even feel it, man. I mean, it's a big, strong man like you. But now me, I'm just fragile, and I'm a little girl, and we're made of sugar and spice and everything nice, and we're so soft and fragile. Oh, my God, that whipping would hurt me for months, and I'd never get over it. But, why, man, you'd be my hero, Travis, if you could just take this from me because you're so strong. Well, by that time, I was nine foot tall and bulletproof. I wasn't even that dumb. I mean, I was dumber than that. Yeah, I wasn't, wasn't no measure of my stupidity. So I walked out of there and thinking I was Clint Eastwood. I walked out into the hallway like a gunfighter, looked Mama square in the face and said, I did it. That's the last thing I remember. I woke up in the floor. Sometime later with my pockets smoking. And all kind of stuff hurting all over me. Because Mama didn't have very good aim when she lost her mind. She was going to hit you and everything around you until she got tired. It wasn't going to be till you learned your lesson. It was going to be till she couldn't go no more. And so, ten years later, ten years or so later, I took a whipping. I took the fall for that. Boy, that was stupid. I wouldn't do that no more. 
About ten, eight, well, eight years or so later, we was over at our uncle's house in Beaumont. <clears throat> That's where my mama was from. And they was at Beaumont, had a big place in Beaumont. We'd go up there quite a bit, you know, her brother. And we're over, and you know how adults sit around the table, and everybody's talking and telling their stories and everything. And why, man, you know, uh, I said, well, everybody was laughing and talking, telling their big stories, you know. And I think my sister brought it up. She said, ha, yeah. She said, uh, you know, Mama, you remember that time years ago? Of course, it was years to us because it was half our, three-quarters of our life. I mean, you know, but it was like, Last week to Mama, you know, I mean, and I said, you know, she said, you remember years ago when, when, uh, when, you know, they had the lipstick on the, on the piano keys and Mama was laughing and all that. She said, yes. So she broke just as serious. I mean, you could have heard a pin drop on the floor, son, a needle. She said, yes. And she said, I really did that, Mom. <laughs> And Travis took the ball for me, you know. <laughs> Mama said, really? She said, yep, yep. I looked over at her and I went, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I took the fall. I got scars to prove it, you know. And she says, excuse me a minute to everybody else. She reached over and grabbed me by my ear and reached over and grabbed my sister by her hair. And off we went to my uncle's bedroom and buddy... The belt fest began once again. And I got another beating, son. I mean, you know, that might be why Jesus loves me. I never thought about that. But I took a bunch of lashes, too. It's probably a whole lot more than 39, but... Because Mama was nuts when she lost her mind, buddy. She was crazy. I mean, this one... She looked if I praise God she never got a hold of no nunchucks, because I believe mom's been pretty bad with them nunchucks. <laughs> so she went, wah, 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 wah. She whipped me, she beat me, man. She said, Are you ever gonna do that again? Are you ever gonna do that? No, mama, no, mama. That's what you said last time. And I mean they just fire up even further. And I, you know, so there I took two beatings for something I never did to start with. Never, never did to start with. <clears throat> Amen. I don't even know what the moral story is now. I'm not caught up in the moment, man. <laughs> Amen, brother. That's right. Amen. Amen, brother. Learn, grasshopper. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Praise God. Now, but you endure to the end. Praise God. Now it says, so that's where I was right here. For what glory is it if you be buffeted for your faults? But you know what? I did take it patiently. I didn't have much choice. But I did take that patiently. But you know what the Bible says in the next verse? For even hereunto were ye called. Verse 21. He said, this is what you were called for. Because Christ also suffered for us. Leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. So you see, if we as Christians suffer persecution and we suffer those things and we, uh, and, and, and we have to endure those things, when we did nothing wrong, but yet we still have to endure it, he said, this is what you were called for. It's your ability to endure that because I knew you could endure it. That's what I called you for because through that, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to tell you something. There's been times when I've healed people and I got what they had. Yeah, the Lord, I, the Lord put it on me. I know that's kind of crazy, but it has happened. It has happened. And I knew that He did. I knew that I took that from them. It's the weirdest thing. I talked to the Lord about that one time. It's happened several times. Where what they had, God let me take it from them. And then He healed me through it. Sometimes I had to go through it for a little while. It's the weirdest thing. Pains and things like that that people had or whatever. See, it's not happened a whole lot of times, but it's happened a few times. 
Anyway, but church, we are called to endure. The Lord endured and said that we should endure as He did. He left us an example. Amen. Now, there's no way in the world I'm going to get all this done today, I mean, this morning. <clears throat> I knew this was going to probably end up being a small series, but anyway, listen, church. The facade of this world and the things that they teach and the things that they try to sell you on are an illusion. The idea that this government is doing good, it's an illusion. They're not. They're not doing good. Nothing they're up to is good. Nothing that they're up to is for your benefit or will ever benefit you. Nothing. It's a lie. It's an illusion. I'm telling you. The things that the enemy is preaching over all these pulpits that are out there today. It's an illusion. And the sad thing about it is, the deadly and dangerous thing about it is, is most people will never know until they stand before a holy God and He says, Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. I never knew you. But the Bible declares in the book of Matthew that they will stand. It says, Many will there be in that day that will say unto me, Lord, Lord, have we not cast out devils? Have we not healed the sick? Have we not done many marvelous works, many miraculous works in your name? And he will say unto them, Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. I knew you not. What good? So, so they say it's okay to come in shorts or a G-string or whatever it is that people wear nowadays. Sure, you can wear anything you want. Do anything you want to do. Come on. As I was telling you here a while back, my wife and I was walking in the mall down here one day. Here come this little young gal. She had on the shortest shorts I've ever seen in my life. I mean, the whole shorts wasn't that tall. And had on this, whatever you call it. Come down about right here, a little top. This none of this covered, and on her shirt, what little bit there was of it, had a big heart. Said, "I love Jesus." And on her butt, it said "juicy" or something like that. I don't know what it. Who's she trying to fool? I mean, who's her pastor? Who's her pastor? I want to punch him in the mouth. Who's her pastor? I'm going to bash him in the head with a stick. That's what ought to happen to him. He ought to be hung out here from a pole and set an example of because he's sending that little girl to hell and he ain't man enough to man up and tell her, get you some clothes on, girl. What's wrong with you? He's not man enough to say that is not acceptable in the kingdom of God and that will put you in hell. Change it. Wake up. But that young girl needed somebody to wake her up and tell her that's not what those things are for, to flaunt them before all these men out here. It's not to flaunt yourself before America or before the world so that they lust after you. That's not what you're created for. I may not have a popular message. And there's a lot of people that may hate me sometimes in this church. And there's no doubt in my mind that everyone that's been in this church a while has gotten aggravated at me a, a time or two for something I've said or something I've uh, uh, done or whatever. And I bring the Word of God. I know it's shocking, isn't it? <laughs> but I'd rather you hate me into heaven than love me into hell. I'd rather you be mad at me for something I told you now and I showed it to you in the Word of God. You'll get over that mad. But let me tell you something you ain't going to never get over is going to hell. You will never get over going to hell. You make a mistake now, you need to know it now. When you make a mistake, you need to know it. The sooner you know it, the quicker you can get it fixed and changed and the quicker you can get your life back on track. Praise God. And listen, you ain't doing nothing if you're not walking in that path. Everything you're doing is going to have to be undone and you don't want that. 
What a glorious thing it is to, at a young age, to get a hold of the truth and to start blazing a trail for Jesus and to set an example. Yeah, your friends may be having a big time now. They may be having a blast. But when their life falls apart, when their world crumbles in around them, and you were the steady one, you were the one that did not go to the parties. They said, oh, well, oh dear God, oh, you're too holier than thou now. You can't go to the parties and all that. But you know what? Years from now, man, when their livers are falling out for the things that they've done, or they come up with diseases, or they die drunken or whatever, you'll still be that steady little mare, steady little horse that was just running the right path. Amen. And when it's all said and done, when you enter in and you stand before your king, you may look beaten and battered. You may look worn. You may look like you've been in a war because you have. But Praise the Lamb of God. When you hear those words come out of His mouth, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou in to the joy of thy Lord. Woo! When you get in them gates, you're going to forget about all about all this. Amen. And I'm gonna be over, I'm gonna be over singing in the background as y'all coming in the gate. How you like me now? How you like me now? Amen. <laughs> Woo! Praise God! <laughs> Amen! Praise God! I'm pretty hip for an old fella, ain't I? <laughs> I'm not long from that, brother. You got, a, you got a spare one hanging around somewhere? Listen, if you run across one, put it in your garage, because I could use it for long. Amen! <laughs> Amen. Stand with me this morning. Praise God.